His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. As he was considering this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. For what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. See, folks, Mary and Joseph needed Christmas more than they ever possibly could have imagined. During this time in history and culturally, you were pledged to be married by the age of 10 or 11, and you would actually be married by the age of 14 or 15. And so if you found yourself at 16 years of age and you were unmarried and you were pregnant, you were considered as a violator of the law, and you would be subject to public disgrace, beatings, stonings, public verbal assaults against you. At this time, Mary has been following everything up in custom to tradition. She has been pledged to be married to this man named Joseph. But then all of a sudden, their plans drastically change. She's found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And I can imagine as she's walking through this little tiny town, gossip and the rumors are starting to spread. As people looked upon her with contempt and disgust, oh, look at this violator of the law. And it didn't make matters any better when people would come up to her and say, who is the father? Who has done this to you? And she would say, it's no man in this town. It's from the Holy Spirit. And I can imagine Joseph's reaction upon hearing this for the first time. Say what? <laughs> You're pregnant? Um... By who? <laughs> oh, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right? Joseph finds himself in a very tough place. Up to this point in time, throughout Joseph's entire life, he's been faithful and obedient to the law. And he knows that the law says if she's unmarried, she must be publicly disgraced. But he doesn't want to do that because he loves her. And so Joseph's caught in this hard place. Do I respond by the law or do I respond in grace? I'm caught between law and grace, and so he decides to choose by grace. He says, you know what? The best thing that I can do, the best way that I can do this to still show that I love you and to prevent you from having to undergo this public disgrace is to divorce you quietly. And so as he's considering this, Scripture says that the angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. He says, look, if you take Mary home as your wife, everyone's just going to assume that you're the father and you have nothing to worry about. Your reputation's not on the line. No gossip can be spread amongst you. So you have nothing to fear. Do not fear to take Mary home as your wife. Then the angel continues, and he says, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. First, the angel had told it to Mary and is now confirming it a second time to Joseph, saying, look, Mary's about to give birth to someone special, 
to someone amazing, to someone magnificent, and you are going to name him Jesus, a name that comes from Yeshua, from Josiah, a powerful, a mighty, a warrior, king-like name in the form of a baby? I can imagine Joseph just overcome with so many different thoughts inside, man, there's an angel appearing to me. An angel says that my fiance is pregnant and I'm not the father, but I shouldn't be worried about that. And not only that, but the child that she's going to give birth to is the long-awaited Messiah. Oh, man. And I like to picture in this moment, Joseph kind of puts his dad hat on and starts to kind of cut off the angel in this dialogue between the two of them, showing that he knows what's going on. Because the angel responds and says, look, you are going to give him the name. And Joseph cuts him off and says, yeah, yeah, we know. We're going to give him the name Jesus because it means a savior. It means a Messiah, someone who can deliver us, someone who can release us, who can promote us, who can set us free from our captivity. Because we've been held slaves. We've been held captives by Assyrians, by the Persians, the Babylonians, the Romans, the Greeks, by everybody. I know that's why we're going to name him Jesus because he's going to set us free. Angel's like, no, you're to give him the name Jesus because I know why, angel. I know it's because he's come to liberate us. He's come and his name Jesus, it literally means savior. He's going to save us from the things and the people that oppress us. No, Joseph, listen, you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save. Angel, I know this one. We've been told this our entire lives. The prophecies have foretold that he's going to be named Jesus, the Messiah, to save the people from their bondage, from their captivity. And he says, Joseph, he's going to save the people from their sins. Oh, what'd you say, angel? Their sins? That's not really a felt need. I mean, if I were to gather all the Jews together and ask them, what do you need to be rescued? What do you need to be saved from? I doubt any of them would say, ooh, save us from our sins. Angel, look, I know that you're all powerful. I know that you're all wise, but listen, here's how it really goes. We have some basic physical and psychological needs. We need water. We need food to be able to survive. We need some kind of shelter, some kind of protection to feel safe. We need some kind of sense of belonging to feel like we're accepted, that we're a part of something bigger. You see, we have a lot of things that we need, angel, but sin, saving from sin, nah, that's not one of them. Oh, and by the way, we kind of already have this very complicated save us from our sins kind of thing. It's called the temple, that big building up on the hill. Don't know if you've seen it, kind of felt you were involved with it. But you know, that's not how Joseph responds. You know how Joseph responds? in silence. Because when the angel of the Lord speaks to you, you listen and you obey. And that's exactly what Joseph did. As soon as he heard this, when he woke up from his dream, he immediately went and got Mary and took her home as his wife. And they gave birth to this amazing, beautiful boy. Now, do you know why, folks, that we don't just light up and get filled with joy and energy when we hear this story? It's because we misinterpret what the angel of the Lord said. This is what scripture says the angel says. He says, you will name him Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. But that's not how we hear it. We hear it as you're to give him the name Jesus because he will forgive the people of their sins. 
You see, we equate, we boil down all of Christmas to forgiveness, and we completely miss the bigger picture of the saving, redeeming grace that was brought to the earth that day. You see, Joseph and Mary, they needed Christmas. The Jews needed Christmas. I need Christmas. You need Christmas. We all need someone who can promote us, who can rescue us, who can save us, who can deliver us from the things that hold us captive, from the people that push us down. We need a savior to come and rescue us. And that day it came in the form of a little baby boy. And I'm sure Mary and Joseph had no idea on that day the power that this little baby boy would actually bring to the earth. It's hard to imagine what Mary and Joseph were going through, let alone what they were about to go through. You see, they thought they were getting this, this person that was going to save them from their oppressors. They thought they were getting this warrior king, this Jeshua, this Josiah. They didn't know. They didn't know they needed Christmas. But you see, because of Jesus' birth, you and I get to celebrate Christmas. We get to get together with our families and our loved ones and open up presents. But also, we have to know that because of his birth, there was a death and a resurrection. And because of his birth, there is something that we desperately need, which is the forgiveness of sins. So you see, you and I need Christmas for that reason alone. But for many people, that's their entire religious experience, the forgiveness of sins part. But the message of Christmas and the message to Joseph in a dream and, and the baby in the manger and, and, the, and the bright star and the shepherds and the gospels are so much bigger than that. And if you've reduced Christmas to merely forgiveness, then you've missed the primary message of the Christmas story. Because Jesus came to deliver us, not simply from the penalty of sin or the consequences of sin, but Jesus came to deliver us, catch this, from the power of sin. And yet there is so much more that the Christmas story provides. Many times in the Christmas story, an angel of the Lord appears, first to Mary, then Joseph, then the shepherd, saying, some very important words to us this morning. Do not be afraid. And for right reason, I think you would agree that you and I would be terrified if an angel of the Lord appeared to us. God knew that Mary and Joseph were going to be afraid. But not only of the angels appearing, but fear of the unknown. Think about it. I mean, baby Jesus didn't come with an instruction manual. Where were they going to live? How were they going to pay their mortgage? What were, what, was, what were they going to do for a living? But when the angel of the Lord appeared and said, do not fear, he wasn't only talking, do not be afraid of the angel, but he was also saying, do not fear anything. It was God telling them, do not be afraid. I got this. So you see, because of Jesus' birth, he wants to provide the same thing for us. God wants to relieve us of our fears. In fact, the Bible says, do not fear, 
for I am with you. So a question this morning is, what are you afraid of this today? What fears of the unknown do you have in your life? Because of Christmas and because of his birth, God wants to take those from you. God wants to provide for you in that way. And again, in the Christmas story, when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple to present him, as was the custom, there was a man by the name of Simeon who prophesied, who basically predicted about Jesus. And this is what he said. And I want you to imagine this is your child, your baby boy, and somebody just said this about his future. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Oh, and by the way, a sword will pierce your own soul too. Can you imagine hearing these words and the fear and the anxiety and the stress this would cause in your lives? Talk about worrying about the future. But I want to tell you this morning that there's some very important words found in this Christmas story that we often skip over. And they're so important to us. And it's when the angel of the Lord appears to Mary. And this is what the angel says. And you can find this in Luke. For no word from God will ever fail. Other Bible translations say it this way, nothing is impossible with God. Meaning that if God says it will happen, if God says it shall come to pass, if God says it, you can count on it. How else would Mary and Joseph have been able to endure everything that was happening and about to happen? They knew in their hearts and in their minds, they knew that no word from God would ever fail. They knew that God would provide for them. They knew that God would guide them. They knew that God would protect them. And folks, it is the exact same thing God wants to do for you this Christmas. That because of Christmas and because of his birth and because nothing is impossible with God, we too can know that God will provide for us, guide us, and protect us. Several times in the Christmas story, an angel of the Lord speaks to Joseph in a dream and tells him, wake up, take the child and his mother. And first he tells them to go to Egypt because they were trying to kill the baby. Joseph obeys. And then again, in a dream, the angel of the Lord tells him, wake up, take the child and his mother. And now when that thread was done, he says, go ahead and move back to Israel. And in the middle of that journey, he tells him another dream, change directions and now go to Galilee instead. The point is that God was not only literally guiding them, but he was also protecting them from people that wanted to hurt them, from their oppressors. And folks, he does the exact same thing for us. So the question for you this Christmas is, do you believe the word the angel speaks is for you also? Or are those simply words from Mary and Joseph's story? When tragedy strikes our lives, 
And when the ground beneath us shifts and just threatens to swallow us whole, the promise of the angel is going to ring true in your ear saying, nothing shall be impossible with God. Even when the panic or the dread threatens to sweep us away, the angel carries us to safety and he will remind us and whisper in your ear, no word from God, no word from God will ever fail. Why? Because of Christmas. Because the Bible says that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isn't that amazing? God with us? Why? Because God is with us. Emmanuel. God with us. The truth is this. God did come in the body of a baby to be with us. Amen? To be with us. But listen now, that baby in the manger, baby Jesus, was more than just another baby. That baby was almighty God in the flesh. That baby was the creator of all creation. That baby was the savior of the world. That baby was the king above all kings. That baby was the Lord above all lords. That baby was the one whose name is above all other names. That baby was and is today God who came to earth in the flesh. And he alone has the power that you need to be freed from all your sins. No longer do you need to be a slave to some sin. You can be freed from any sin. So listen close. He alone has the, the power to give you forgiveness for your sins and to free you from your sins. Now maybe some of you have been trying to overcome some sinful habit for a long, long time. Maybe some of you have been trying but failing, and then trying again but failing again. There's been something that you've been dealing with for a long time. So listen close. Because of Christmas, if you are a Christian, if you have invited Jesus Christ into your heart, some sinful habit, some sinful addiction, listen close, is not your master. That means that things like lust is not your master. Something like alcohol is not your master. Drugs are not your master. Anger is not your master. Whatever it might be, your habit is not your master. Because when you become a Christian, 
Jesus came into your life just like he came into this world. And that means that when you become a Christian, Jesus, almighty God, Savior of the world, came into your life. And Jesus has the power to free you from any sinful habit. By simply asking for and leaning on his power each day, you can go and sin no more. And you might say, well, well, pastor, how does that happen? Well, begin each day by just simply asking for his power. Just pray something like this at the beginning of each day. Lord, I give you my thoughts. I give you my eyes. I give you my ears, my hands, my feet. My lips, Lord, I surrender all of me to you. You are my Lord. You are my master. So today I place my trust in you and your power to set me free from all my sins. You see, the bottom line is this. Take a look up it on the screen. You will face temptation till the day you die. But by the power given to you by Jesus, you can overcome each one till the day you die. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Folks, Christmas is all about you being forgiven for your sins, yes. But it's also about you being set free from the power of sin. By the power of almighty God, Jesus Christ, who is living inside of you. So who needs Christmas? We do. Every one of us, because we all need to be forgiven for our sins, but then set free from the power of sin. The angel said this, you shall name him Jesus Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Amen. And the Savior has come to set you free. Would you just bow your head for a moment? And if you're here on this Christmas Eve and you say, I've never invited Jesus Christ to come into my life. I've never asked him to forgive me for my sins. Would you just simply pray something like this? Maybe repeat this in your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to be with us. Today I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. And I ask today that you forgive me for all my sins. And best that I know how, I will follow you. And then this morning, if you're a Christian, you've already asked Jesus to come in and forgive you for your sins, but you're struggling with something in your life, some habit that's not pleasing to God. Would you just pray this in your heart? Lord Jesus, I place my trust in you to give me the power to overcome my sinful habits. Today I praise you for being born to be my Savior, 
my Lord and my friend who frees me from all my sins. Father, it thrills my heart that whichever one of these prayers we just prayed, that you not only hear them, but because both of these things are so in the center of your will, these things that we've asked are now done. We can leave this place knowing that we are forgiven for all of our sins and that we have freedom to overcome any temptation to sin. You will give us the power if we'll just ask for it and then move toward you in the right direction. We can overcome each temptation to sin. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to be our Savior, our Lord, our friend. Thank you for being with us right here, right now. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you please stand and let's sing this song that most of us have known by our heart for years and years. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Amen?